On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Riverdale's resident fire crotch is also a fire starter, what one man is worth in One Man's Worth Part 2, and we'll get the official Rushmore of TV robots courtesy of Jordan and Margo from the Botcast. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on the comic book and whatever cartoon we feel like it in that same category. I am your host, Mike, because Cassie needed a night off. With me, as always, is Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> I just drank so many Monster Energy drinks Ew. that I would like to elect Monster Energy President of the United States of America. I'm for it. It's, you know what? It's an off-year midterm year, and it's not even ready for those, but let's do it. And fresh off her honeymoon, maybe? I haven't really seen her since her wedding, is Caitlin. Uh, I was here last week, and I'm here again because my honeymoon is on this podcast. Yeah, Mike, you Ooh, weren't sexy. here last week. Yeah. Well, I took off in honor of Caitlin and Brandon's honeymoon. <laughs> oh, uh, wait. Have we said your husband's name on the show for real? Sorry. If that oh, was a secret. No. You can, okay. You're not a freak like Ryan there. who wants to keep everything locked down? No, we good. We chill for Cool. 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 <laughs> He's cool, here cool. on our honeymoon that's on this podcast. And yeah, he's just happens- in the corner. He's not. Don't you. Fu- no. Just because we're talking about you. Stay in the fucking yeah, corner, Brandon. Get the fuck out of here. I- I'm a bigger guy than him, so I can keep him off with my muscles. Yeah, you're very strong, and Brandon is very not strong, and yeah. everybody knows you can he's take a tiny him little guy. Fight. He's a tiny little man. <laughs> Now, uh, so did you talk about this last week? I wasn't here, but I didn't listen. <laughs> the wedding? Yes. Yeah, we did talk about it. Top three least favorite moments of the wedding go. I bet you didn't least talk about favorite? that. No, we did not. Uh, least favorite moment. Starting was... with you, Ryan. Ooh. <laughs> uh, one, Mike and I, the stars of the wedding, uh, did not mm-hmm. get to see the uh, ceremony. So we did not actually get to see Caitlin and Brandon married. Did anybody complain to you about that? Uh, besides my father, no. Okay. <laughs> um, Mike and I did not get married that night, so that's complaint number two. That's a big complaint. And number th- uh, that's my complaint every wedding is that it's not me and Ryan. And number three, uh, I did so much for my costume. You had a weird like nerd yeah. Comic Con wedding. Yep. Uh, I put on a red flannel mm-hmm. and bought a wig. Yep. And Mike didn't do shit for his costume. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No yes, wig. and I never would. I did not wear a wig. No, I wig spent at a all. stupid amount of money on my suit, and I bicked my head and blinded everybody with my baldness. <laughs> it was very good. It was very shiny. First of all, uh, second of all, you did look menacing and evil in that suit. So that Thank check you. and check. Most people look good in suits. Some people just look worse, and that's me. <laughs> well, especially at this wedding, you stood out because you wore a suit. And that's yeah. my favorite kind of wedding. <laughs> look like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> All right, so that's Ryan's. Caitlin, what were your least three favorite moments of your wedding? 
Um, my least favorite uh, was probably getting tackled by my drunk aunt. Um, mm. I saw that happen. Yeah. Hey, even, I saw that which aunt one, flash right? the fucking world. Yeah. Which moment? Like, <laughs> One of your aunts definitely listened to Dave Matthews crash and decided to live that as if it was her life. <laughs> to hike up that skirt and show the world to the world. Uh, yeah, yep. I, Are we be being this real on the podcast <laughs> about the wedding? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next worst part of my wedding. Um, probably that I didn't get to eat every single one of the funnel cakes that were there. I only ate one. Mm. Why? I had no dessert. Because one of Ryan's least favorite moments is that you served funnel cake at your wedding. <laughs> no, no. Funnel cake is fine. It's just that at one point we asked everybody in line for dessert to come inside <laughs> to the building and they wouldn't move. They said no. Because they were more there for the dessert <laughs> than the Caitlin. Funnel cake. <laughs> To be fair, though, they were really fucking good. Like, I only ate, like, half yeah, of one, but Great. it was so yeah. fucking Every, All bomb. food out of trucks is just fucking good, I guess. Yeah. and my I just knock on any truck I see and ask for food. <laughs> it was nice and free. Uh, all right. Le- last least favorite one? Uh, yeah. Probably that I, you know, didn't get to fly because I really just wanted to fly that day, and I, I couldn't fly. We had cocaine for you. I know. I wanted to <laughs> fly, and you didn't let me. Yeah, we said no, no, no. We no. just showed it to you and said, yeah. like, absolutely not. Yeah. You wish you could go to Neverland tonight. Didn't You're not happen. a lost boy. Yeah. Well, that was Caitlin's wedding. We're not going to talk about that at all the rest of the night. Uh, it, we got a jam-packed evening, Ryan. We are going to finish, and by finish I mean continue because I have been told it's a Ken Burns style eight-part documentary interview that you have with the whole movie podcast. No, this is it. This is the end. This is the end. This We're the cutting end. all the middle stuff. Yeah. All right. So part one last week, part eight this week, Ryan's interview with the whole movie podcast. Uh, we got Young Justice. We got Fear the Walking Dead. We got all the other shows that came out this week. But before that, we are going to a little town I like to call Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, Jughead is obsessed with folk heroes and wants to make Archie one to win the town over away from Percival Perkins. Meanwhile, P.P. is sliming his way into Veronica's casino and getting her to destroy Pops and the White Worm. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Where does Percival rank in the pantheon of Riverdale villains right now? Uh, I want to say at the top, he is a... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Who did you want to call on? Ryan? He's at the top. He is, we are at Oliver uh, from the OC level fucking disgustingness. And can I just say that Riverdale is back, baby. This <laughs> you is, think so? Are, are you serious? We have people spontaneously combusting <laughs> the rooms while we have 21-year-olds trying to run casinos and saying, like, you get a slot machine. No, this, sh- this, show, is, this show is back. I was watching this episode and I I like couldn't help but be like what what the fuck there's a moment where Cheryl becomes a pyrokinetic <laughs> I literally pushed away from the screen and I was like whoa I need to take a breather what Riverdale what? hit me it hit me hard What I love about Riverdale is that it continues it's like oh we're worried people aren't going to get what we're referencing so we're not going to just have this redhead girl read start fires she'll have fire starter in her hands I'm surprised Drew Barrymore didn't run by hello i'm drew barrymore goodbye hello. but is percival nailing because oliver is normally uh an insult you don't want to be oliver in the oc that he he's a speed bump and what makes it great i disagree mike uh i've seen uh one or two episodes of the oc have you, if I'm you being honest. I, i've seen it before and i think that rewatching it uh, oliver is great because he makes people mad like that was the whole fucking point uh, Percival makes me fucking mad. He's gonna be this piece of shit, this rich asshole, and then also be like, 
No, I'll I'll, I'll fight you in the ring and then <laughs> beat I, him in the ring. So like, I Percival was shocked. Does it all? He's this skinny worm of a man, and not just because he can slither into people's ears and make them do what he wants, but he also looks very skinny. And then he takes off his stuff, and I was like, Percival is jacked. He was the number one boxer in Cambridge. Uh, I was super surprised with Percival because he seems like someone who you would not take seriously as a villain. I mm-hmm. feel like it easily could have done horrible and not worked, but it works so well. Like he keeps, they keep upping it for him. Because he's such a fucking, it, a lot of it is the accent for sure, but yeah. he's yeah. just a yeah, smug exactly. piece of shit. Yeah. It feels like somebody this season of Riverdale just watched season one of Jessica Jones and went, let's get our purple man. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, he's British. He controls minds. But, like, half the time he's like, I'm going to control your mind. Or, I'm sorry, I'm going to control your mind then, won't I, in it? And then the other half is like, well, I can't control your mind, so I'll punch you with boxing gloves. Yeah, like, I will that's beat a, the that's fuck a out of your face. I, I like part of, like, it, they, it's like they were worried we weren't going to think he was villainous enough. So he's like, my grandfather, who looks like Teddy Roosevelt, enslaved everybody, and these are the bastards who won't let me make a statue. And where is my statue when I want it now? <laughs> that that should be like a daytime commercial. Like, call this number if you don't have mm. a daytime. If you don't have a statue about like one of your grandparents, call this number from daytime TV, and you will get that statue. Now, how do we feel? So Cheryl is mostly cut off from the rest of the crew, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because her her, her, her hot, hot heat, her hot hot heat. She's got all those bandages, bandages. Uh she. I haven't really understood what's going on with her for so long, but she wanted to adopt this girl who's been living with her, mm-hmm. and that's what made the girl go back home. The hardest part is uh, we have this doll in our house that controls everything we do, and we can't throw it away. That's That, to me, is the most confusing thing. So throw it down a well. What had happened was that old... Or that little girl, the old girl, the little girl uh, had the spirit of Abigail Blossom in her, which, sure. as you know, obviously is one of Cheryl Blossom's, um, you know, relatives. That's mm-hmm. a witch. And now she's been expelled from Abigail. She went into Cheryl for a bit. She's not in Cheryl anymore. She's now in that doll. Uh, and since, you know, that little girl is free of of Abigail, Abigail, then she she go home now. <laughs> she's like, well, I don't want to get possessed again. She's like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good with one, one and done with possession for me. Equally as confusing to me was that there was a scene that Betty was just wearing sunglasses in the darkest yeah. room ever, and it was never talked about or explained. Uh, Betty's pretty cool. <laughs> Is that enough I, explanation? I thought something must have happened with her like aura seeing powers, and she was trying to hide them. Uh, no, we're not going to deal with it. She just has sunglasses on. That's this fucking show. I and then she very sincerely says, How do you fight mind control? This yeah. show. She like I thought they were gonna say, like, oh, Betty's super like drunk, hungover, whatever. Yeah. Like, I nothing. was expecting a hangover talk. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No, Betty probably has a sty. <laughs> <laughs> we Jughead's big What if when everybody is dealing with their new superpowers, one of the characters just had a sty? And that got <laughs> an, as much screen time as well. As Archie's like uh, invulnerable, super skin. invulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> so we've already covered uh, that Archie got invulnerability. Betty got aura reading. Jughead got deafness, deafness, uh, tinnitus, and the dog got healing power from that bomb. But where did Percival Perkins and then Cheryl Blossom get their superpowers from? And are we gonna every episode is Kevin Keller gonna get something? Is Reggie gonna get something? Is Veronica gonna get something? 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm down with that because what we got tonight was uh, Tony Topaz, uh huh, getting the ability to dance my heart away. So they all get superpowers at one point. <laughs> and Fang's got the power to look fucking pissed. <laughs> so yeah, let's dig into the actual plot of what's going on. Uh, the uh, Percival is slamming his way, and he, for some reason he hates Pops, and he hates the White Worm. And let's be clear, Percival is created to just be like, hey, what is this, a storyline? Yeah. Well, I'm here, I'm fuck and I'll fucking, <laughs> yeah, I'll put my thumb right in the middle of it. He literally went from each storyline to storyline to storyline. He just, yeah. like, he's like, aha, I'm here now. I've got to go. I have a meeting with another storyline. Uh, with another storyline. <laughs> like, Almost as if he had the Spaceballs script. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I know I need to be in this room right now. I know that this is the D storyline, but the C storyline is calling me. And then he would just appear there. And is that because of mind manipulation? Is that because of tired screenwriters? I don't know. Six of one, half a dozen of the other? Yeah. Uh, Tony and Tabitha team up, and I said that correctly, surprising me, uh, to take down Veronica because Pops and the White Worm are under attack. Because uh, this town is only big enough for a restaurant, a bar, or one place that has both of those things in it. Well, I do like the whole thing of like the, the road has been uh, voted that it can only have two billboards. Yeah. Which two billboards will it have? What did it used to have? And one one of those billboards, quote unquote, has to be a welcome to Riverdale sign. Yeah, no. So really, automatically, no matter what. The other one is a pops thing that says uh, chocolate shakes. You like? Yes. <laughs> yes. No. That was a big thing with Percival coming into the town hall meeting and saying, "We're changing the sign and we're taking pops off of it. This is not the home of pops." And that's the, that's such a classic. Uh, bad guy Dylan. move of like that's like from Good Burger. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> this friend that you have, they're not your friend. What? How dare you? In in so I get like I can't because it didn't cut to him using his voice on Veronica all the time. We just were led to see he had to have been. So you're just like okay, and she's an asshole now. But for Tony and Tab, the way they're like, well, we'll do gambling or alcoholic milkshakes to take it down. And then do, they said burlesque. Well, the buildup was like, we'll bring some Cirque du Soleil to the snake dance. And to do the laziest, dumbest, bullshittiest thing I've seen on TV. I'm sorry, I've seen P-Valley. So I know what like good TV stripping can look like. <laughs> and Riverdale does a lot of musical numbers. This was, this was a piss poor one. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know it stole your heart away. Also, they went to the Babylon, which looks like a piece of shit casino. Mm-hmm. And they uh, were offered sliders that looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the sliders looked real. Uh, Liquor-fueled milkshakes that looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, I'm too upset to take either one of these. Fuck that. No. I don't you, have that much honor. No, you have to taste that. You have to take one of those. I would 100% eat like everything they had. It's like, if I can't take you down with the best recipe, I'm going to take you down by eating everything you have. And also, every server was like, it's free, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go off on your tray. Um, so Veronica is upset because Percival takes her to where the the snake dance is happening. Do you, is this is this show good? Is it back? Does her reaction make sense in that moment? I don't think that whole. It, I don't think it really makes sense because we don't see Veronica get all Percival like with his voice. Uh, it seems like she's just doing it because she's doing it and she believes him. I mean, by the end, right. I feel like we do get back to. Veronica 
Tabitha Tony that we know, but like in the middle, it's like, what's actually going on? Are we just doing this for an extra storyline? Yeah, and why why is everybody so mad? Like they're so mad in the beginning because Veronica is serving hamburgers and milkshakes, and then Veronica goes and sees Tabitha doing the striptease, and she's so mad. She's like, that's my thing. I do stripteases. You can't trademark that. Only me. Why are we all so mad? And then they figure it out. They they work out the triangle of girl power. Which is what I thought they were going to do, honestly, in the very beginning. Once Tony and Tabitha saw what Veronica was doing, it was like, all we have to go is talk to Veronica, because that's how these girls usually do. And also, you, Pierce Pratchett, what's his name? Percival Percival Pervins. Get the fuck out of my office. Me and my girls figured it out. Get the fuck out. It's so hard to stay on point or to analyze Riverdale. <laughs> Let's flip back to Archie. Uh, Jughead's big bid is he. we will make Jug, uh, Archie the next John Henry, the next Johnny Appleseed. And to do so, we will get, in this world, Mr. Guinness yeah. to come to town to watch Archie do uh, feats of strength. Caitlin, what, what were the feats of strength that Archie had to do? Oh, my God. So Archie's feats of strength, he had to get punched in the stomach a lot. He had to... Uh, sit on a bed of nails or lay on a bed of nails and have like more weight put upon him. He was in like an Giles ice Corey chest. For he like, was in an ice chest, yes. For like a bit. I don't know if it was cold or not, but he was in it. Um, and then I think, is that, that it? Was kind of it? That, that was kind of it? Yeah, it was a punch. It. it was sledgehammered in the stomach. Oh, sledgehammer. But then Mr. Guinness was like, hmm, interesting. And then to really nail it, and here's how you get your statue and get in the Guinness book, is the heavyweight champion will fight you. Yeah. Well, we'll call it K.O. Kelly. And then if you beat him, right. then you're the Guinness World Record holder of strongest man. <laughs> this and this this has just always been in the books of these four events. Uh, Caitlin, your your ne'er do well best friend Cassie has a strange affinity for Ko Kelly. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about Ko? Okay, so I'm gonna be honest. Every time Ko came on the street, the screen, I like had pushed myself away from the screen at that point. So I did. I like heard his voice, but didn't see him at all. I was looking out for my boy Ko, but all I heard was him talking about Veronica. So I'll check him next time. It's so weird to uh, come to town for a friend, and when they're like. Hey, friend, you're here to help me. Can you help me more? And he goes, no, I heard about this casino. I'm going to go right to there. K.O. is a bad man and a worse friend. Yep. Yeah, he really he didn't do a lot. And then he he got Percival. He gets walked right into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> but, man, uh, I'm on vacation. I don't want to fucking help you build your box. Yeah, <laughs> why doesn't your gym have a fucking ring, man? Like... I thought they were going to fight at the casino because casinos are notorious for having giant yeah. rings. No. <sighs> Ryan, do you really think the show's back? I do, Mike. And the reason I do is because there is no time for thought. It's only time no. for... Pedal to the metal. What? What just happened? Oh, what just happened? Oh, what just happened? <laughs> uh, Cheryl's day nurse, who... Uh, she breaks every <laughs> HR fucking rule in the world when he's trying to take care of her. Well, she has a 303 degree fever. I don't know if you guys, do you guys know when the human brain dies, like when a fever will kill you? I, I think it's like 108 or something like that. Yeah, 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 it is. But Cheryl gets to 303 degrees in this episode. <laughs> the, it's the witch body. And I, I, I sort of saw it coming because the nurse was like, hello, Cheryl. I am 
here to protect you. And I was like, all right, actor, you're out of here so <laughs> you fast. Were, like, did you know he'd be burnt or crisp except for his ankles down? I didn't know from the ankles down thing. All that was left were his feet. But I love Betty's reaction of like, this is so weird because it's a pile of ash and two feet. It's just two feet on the ground. And Betty's like, this is this is my job. I'm in Riverdale and I just have to look at a, a perfectly shaped pile of ash. On a chair that is totally intact with two feet. And my my favorite Betty moment is uh, when she has done research to another FBI agent. They're almost bringing in the X-Files agents at this point. Uh-huh. But uh, this other agent, who I think it's hinted that she is a pyrotechnic, uh, Betty's like, all right, Cheryl, we have to train you. And Cheryl can't do it, so she puts a picture of Cheryl's mom into the <laughs> wood, and she goes, think about everything she did to you and set her ass on fire. <laughs> so in, in the same episode that we have Archie staring at Luke Perry in order to uh-huh. not be mm-hmm. manipulated by his brain, we have Cheryl throwing a picture of her mom in the fire mm-hmm. and being like, I project all my fire to you. I barf my fire. <laughs> God damn it. This show, no. This was, I, like, I understand that this show has, has like, lost its mo, but. <laughs> it's gotten sh- something, something This episode different. was great. <laughs> this episode is the best, I think, in, like, two years. I, I, I will agree with that. It's, I also can't wait to learn about he, all their weaknesses, because uh, Cheryl's weakness is letting herself get hot instead of shooting the hot. Uh, clearly, the weakness for super strength is palladium. So what is uh, the weakness to aura or deafness? Can't wait to find out. And, and you get to watch Betty like pull a full Kristen Stewart, like like run her fingers through her hair and be like, what the fuck is this now? Like, where? what the fuck scene am I in right now? Like, this She is almost so had a career outside of this fucking show, and she, she just got sucked right back in. Uh, Riverdale is on the CW. On some night. Wednesday nights Sunday. these days? Sunday nights these days. Uh, that's all the time we have to talk about Riverdale. But we do, of course, as always, have time to talk about website. And Caitlin, before we started recording, you were talking about a website you really wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And what, what was that about? It's how to get fly, my my friends. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What does this mean? Uh, it's, it's just how – it's all the top tips on how to fly and then – um, it's a lot of reviews from Wait, people. Wait, how to fly or how to get fly? Um, it's no, it's or how like, to be fly. It's a lot of that actually. <laughs> there's gonna okay. be there's multiple tabs where you can find out how to get fly, how to be fly, and how to actually fly. So it's, well, and it's what is the URL? What's the address? Getfly.com. Oh wow, I'm impressed you got that. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I don't want you to give away. Yeah. All your secrets, but give you choose one. Either how to fly, how to get fly, or how to be fly. Give us one of the secrets. How to get fly? Sure. Um, you get a SWAT, um, and sure. you aim really well, and then you get them. Ah, yeah. how to get parentheses, uh, close parentheses, fly. I get it yes. now. Now, and are you planning on making this website yourself? I wish I could, but I just don't have talent, Mike. But you're you're the idea person. Yeah, but you need help all I have talent. is ideas, and they're great. You are not lost, my pal. I'm gonna send you to my friends at cybersprout.net. Wait, hold on. We're just gonna move past Mike saying "my pal" as a new catchphrase. I love. I dream of a day where one day Mike is like, "Hey, Ryan, what's up, my pal?" I, I love it. You haven't earned it yet, my chief. Okay. 
Ryan, what can Cybersprout.net do for Caitlin? Oh, my God. It has uh, all the things that you need for the hitties and the biddies. That's true. And, of course, everybody knows hitties and biddies means custom templates, drag and drop tools. If you click up, Cybersprout is clicking down. <laughs> yes. That means they handle the back end, the security, so you can handle the creative that you want to be focused on. If you're like typey, what else, Ryan? If you're like typey, typey what? Cybersprout's like typey, typey who? Yeah, we got that maintenance and speed optimization. Ryan's telling you exactly how cybersprout.net can help. www.getfly.com. If you want to get fly, be fly, or learn to fly, you will go there. Caitlin, just talk to our friends at cybersprout.net. They are your partner for the digital world. We're going to take the quickest of breaks. And when we come back, every other show that came out this week. Now it is time for the pull list, which is, of course, the segment where we talk about every other show that came out this past week, starting off with Young Justice. Mike. Ryan. You have watched some of Young Justice. I have. Can I ask you a question? You may. And Caitlin, this is for you, too. Um, this was about like a, a Green Lantern coming together with a red ring and a blue ring. And uh-huh. Mike, what is the classic color for Green Lantern rings? Shit, shit, shit. I know this one. I'm going to say green. Just a okay. guess. Okay. So this is going to blow your fucking mind. But he had a red and a blue. Uh-huh. And he came together. Which makes purple. And nope. This this episode was very specific how there was no purple. Oh. It was oh. red and blue. Okay. He was okay. half red, half blue. And he was filled with rage and hope. Ooh. Ooh. Blue. It sounds like me after a few tequila shots. <laughs> uh, blue with the hope. Uh, blue was the hope side, and red was the rage side. Sure. And does that not sound like the United States of America? It 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 does. Thank you. Uh, I'll move on. Um, this was a continuation of a Green Lantern cartoon that came out in 2011. Is that true? Yes. I love this fucking show, man. They do bold, weird things. But my real question is, most of it, besides being the continuation of that Green Lantern colon, the animated series. From 11 from years two, ago. From 2011. Uh, was mostly people talking about exposition. And like, man. They're I talking was, about exposition? <laughs> just talking about like, is it a good idea to have this much exposition? Caitlin, you were on the last episode. Yes. We did Young Justice mm-hmm. in the in the main event. I was all about it. I was going to watch this show forever. I'm out. Like, <laughs> fuck this show. Like, all they did was sit around and talk about, like, you know what did happen in the past? That was it. And, Mike, they, you said, that, like, they went back to, like, an adult thing, right? Like, they uh-huh. weren't going to do that children's show. Like, this is an adult. Is, is that what adult is? Is, like, to have nonstop exposition? I think based on a lot of shows we watched both for this show, uh, Best of the Years, and just in real life, a lot of people do think that's what adults want, Ryan. <laughs> but so is it is it characters we know and love? Did most of the, I know the Young Justice cast at this point is sprawling, or is it just like weird tertiary characters were talking it, around a coffee table? It was Zor-El. Sure. And uh, who's talking to like some uh, some new gods? I don't know which new gods, but a couple some of new, of the gods. new gods. 
And then uh, some people at a barbecue who were just having a barbecue. And they're both telling the same story about how, like, in the past, oh, my God, I don't know, like, so much stuff happened. <laughs> did Fuck did it, it do it the went forever? Did it, it do the, the weird thing? It, like we have twenty five minutes here, and it was the entire time of past shit happened. Well, they know you hadn't watched a lot of it, so like we're gonna catch Ryan up. That I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel did like they do the weird thing where the the credits went and just people had innocuous conversations just over the credits? That was last week. This week was. Uh, somebody's birthday, and so two foragers mm. uh, saying happy birthday, but for them it's called Forager Forager. They sing the <laughs> entire song for the entire end of the credits. Oh, I love wow. these credits. Caitlin, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, like, I feel like this song, uh, this song, this uh, show is like, it has potential and it could be great, just like Extaz. Like, it, it gives you that mm-hmm. feel, but there's just so much that they don't like clue you in on. It's like, well, this is only for people who are super fans. Like, up, 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 up. This is only for super fans. It's yeah. only for super fans. And like, you are not included in the conversation. And if you want to be involved, you should have done your homework and it like slaps you in the hand if like, if you do come and watch it without that. It's dense as shit. Uh, and sometimes you're going to get stinkerooch afters, but I'm going to keep popping in and out because I think it's bananas that it exists. When it's good, it's good. When it's not, it's like, it's it's like okay, I don't know what I'm watching Just right now. Farts on screen. <laughs> there was a phone call uh, where, and Mike, I don't know if you uh, listened to our last episode. I didn't. Podcast. No, you already said that you didn't. I'm going to declare. At one point, Rocket gets a phone call from her husband. And uh, he's like, "Hey, I found a I, I found a thing for our son. It just means that uh, he has to have a one on one teacher with him at all times." And then she's like, "Oh, so so he'll be singled out in school? I don't have time for this. I'm in the Justice League. I'm in Young Justice." And he's like, "You don't have time for your son right now?" And I was like, "Yeah, this th- this is great. This should be the show." And then the rest of it was like. 4,000 years so, uh, ago. did you hear? Yeah, real Zack Snyder shit. And that's what we liked about the episode that we watched was like, it was the, what is it like to be a superhero and also be a co-parent of an autistic kid? Like, that's that's where yeah. the show excels. I, I, I do think that it's the, the danger is having too many characters so they get stuck in some dumb bullshit sometimes. But I'm about halfway through the first season and the current season, and... I'm very excited to watch these teenagers because the first season is for kids. And I'm so excited to be like, no, you're going to be adults and a fucked up adult. We have to do our taxes. I don't care that you're fighting crime conversations. No, but I think like The Wire wanted you to watch episode one and episode 401 all at the same time. All at the same time. Uh, That is all the time we have. Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, Yeah, my moment of the week is uh, Rocket on her phone to her uh, ex-husband. Or baby daddy being like, I don't have time for this. And he's like, you don't have time for your son? And she's like, I have to go save the galaxy. But I'm sorry. I am sorry. I do. (laughs) No, we should talk about this. That's where the show is good. Young Justice is on Thursdays on HBO Max. It come for the superhero parental drama. Next up we have Fear the Walking Dead. On the return of Fear the Walking Dead, Alicia reveals that after leaving the bunker, her search for Padre has led to a a number of people dying, leaving her filled with guilt 
and Arno out for revenge as he blames her for their losses. Meanwhile, Arno and Sage find a blast crater filled with many thousands of walkers that threaten everyone if they escape, renewing Arno's determination to take down the Tower of Stalkers. Taste buds, I ask this. Taste buds, I ask this. How mad are you that Cassie made us talk about Fear the Walking Dead? Look, we are done with talking about any Walking Dead property. Unless Cassie in the intro when she hosts says, we talk about comic books or comic book properties. So she did, and we're doing this right now. So I'm fucking furious. And hopefully after this, we will never fucking talk about it again. Should we go around and like talk about the things that we hate about Cassie the most? Because for me, it's like uh, how she has a man bun, but like it's actually just a giant bump on her head from when she was a baby. <laughs> And her and she her, her parents never did the cartoon thing of just pushing it down, so yeah, she has two horns. You yeah. have like push that down with your thumb. Push that down. Yeah, push on, that parents. down. Do you think What's we'll yours, ever get Caitlin? Cassie's parents on the show? We should what? Someday, someday yeah. get Cassie's parents on the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they'd be down with that. Will they know how to podcast? Everyone knows how to podcast. <laughs> uh, that's not true. <laughs> Fear of the Walking Dead is on Sundays on AMC. Next up is Moon Knight. This week on Moon Knight, Stephen and Layla take a journey into the tomb of Amit to get the to get to the sarcophagus before Haro. Meanwhile, Mark is struggling with Stephen's feeling for Layla and with the truth that Haro spills. Taste buds, I ask you this: If you saw a hippo in a hallway, how would you react? I'd probably go what. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's in a hospital, I assume that's the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, <laughs> we got, what did we get? 45 minutes of the Brandon Fraser mummy yes. that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some more. We got an episode of Legion. Just yes. at the end. It just full in. Somebody went like, we should Legion this at some point, yes? Literally, I was like, this is this is Legion right here. Because it was just like the all white, like the fact that you don't know what's real, what's not. It was like, ooh, yes. I love the show. This person's now a patient. This person's a doctor in a mental hospital. All right, let's. Uh, can we leave that aside right now? Let's just talk about the first forty-five minutes of like adventure. The mummy. Was it a good yes. show? Yes. Oh. Well, Caitlin. Oh, okay. So it starts out, and I was like, "Ooh, we're going on an adventure with Steven," because we've had Mark last episode. So this this week we have Steven. We get just a guy super excited to go through some tombs, which is so fun. But then we get, of course, the scary monster that is actually pretty scary and i jumped i they, jumped when he came out i thought they did such a good job at hinting as as layla and steven are, are getting through the tomb you just see like a crowbar covered in blood and there's like always a bad sign flies buzzing mm-hmm. and then in the tomb where nobody's been forever there's just bullets and you're like mm-hmm. uh, and it's just ratchet 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 rat- and you hear before you see it and it, it like if you go back and watch it again it starts way early and you think you hear the yeah, uh-uh. which is the fucking we got a motherfucking mummy, yeah. just a mummy as mummy, you guys. The- that's your uh, that's your Egyptian uh, schooling that you've done. Is that if you hear that sound, there's a there's a fucking mummy. Mummy came to my tomb, <laughs> but no, it was awesome. And uh, they're sneaking around, they're sneaking around, and we have a little bit of that dramatic irony where they think they're okay. They think they have like a full grasp of the situation, mm-hmm. but we're watching a monster behind mm-hmm. them the entire time, and that's fucking horrifying. Yes, but it doesn't match to when uh, Layla gets to a certain spot and then gets sucked back through a fucking wall, which is 
That's actual horror, mm-hmm. Marvel. Double pull into the darkness. We've seen in so many things the pull into the darkness. I don't know why it made it scarier that she runs back and escapes and gets pulled <laughs> even further in. Like, that was crazy. We're like, all right, so you're gone, Layla. You're dead. And then we see her again. She made it out. And then, nope, back in. Double pull. I think. Mommy came to my Layla. So Layla is uh, super badass, super yes. awesome. But I feel like her best weapon right now is going to be this flare. The flares. She's her superpowers. Her flares. She she just got these flares on flares on flares, and she kills uh, a whole bunch of people in a caravan. Well, does she light it up and flare. then put the non lighted end into the eye? That's so, what it seemed like. Yeah. So like <laughs> now the mummies or whatever the monsters running it's around being like, I have a firework uh, with the light end pointed out. Yeah. Looking around, being like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> But it feels like I'm half a Cyclops, but it feels like she learned because first, early on, it's uh, Steven's passed out in the sand because he's lost Conchie's power, and it's Layla v. Truck Full of Bullets, Yeah, and apparently, Flair beats Truck Full of Bullets when it comes to that Rock, Paper, but Scissors game. When, when Truck Full of Bullets has a bunch of fireworks in the back, and then you throw <laughs> Flair in it, and it lights the fireworks and bombs, and honestly, Flair wins. Like, I... Uh, while watching Moon Knight, I also watched the first two episodes of Better Call Saul, Caitlin, a really good show. Mm. Um, this was the same thing. Like, they're all doing the same thing. Like, it's all the same dynamics, right? Like, we're fucked. No, we're not. We have flares. I love flares. <laughs> flares are... I, 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 I should have fucked with flares more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love, like, they've built up Layla throughout the show, but now she's, like, fully out of the dark. Mm-hmm. As ironic, she goes deep in the dark. One of my favorite Layla moments is her and Haro. And he's trying to be like, come and here's what Emmett's about. And her just like, why do men like you always find it necessary to be condescending? I was just like, mm-hmm. fucking snaps, girl. But the, have they shaken hands yet? Has like Harrow done the... No, he hasn't done the scales no. on her. Only Stephen Mark. But like if he did it to Layla, what would the result be? I don't know. I feel like she'd be I, good. I but think positive? I, but I don't, I don't really know what his measure is. Because it's like, are they always good? Are... They always yeah. bad. Like, is it how Harrow feels about them? Yeah. So or Amit or, or Amit. Amit. Yeah. So it, there's no real way of knowing what the scales will go because we don't even know what the scales are put on. But like the cheesiest thing that I've ever seen, the cheesiest thing of the week is Layla, of course, not going off the cliff, of course, grabbing on. But when she pulled oh, sure. herself up, that was so amazing. Like, yeah, she's like, if you, fuck like, yeah, I can do It doesn't ups. matter if it's cliche. If you earn it, you earn it. Yes. And watching Layla come back up off that cliff was like fucking awesome. And she didn't do it like a superhero. She was like, oh my God. This is hard. My arms are so weak. Yeah, after the double pull into the darkness and yeeting the flare into the mummy's face, it felt very earned. Yeah. yeah. There was that moment uh, with her and Haro, though. Where he really- over oh, they just like talking across the chasm. Yeah, they're talking about the ca- across the chasm, and she's like about to leave, and then he says something in order to pull her back in, and then yeah. she's like face to face with him, and ha- they have their conversation. Well, I mean, Harrow's the one who told her, and you talk to your boyfriend, like do you husband, know, husband, do you, husband. Like, do you know where he was when your dad died? So like, he has some control over her mm-hmm. already. Yeah, right. Because time is funky with this show, both. In real time for these characters, I don't know how much time has passed since Stephen was just working at the museum to now. But also, uh, I thought her dad died when she was like a little kid, yeah. which would make her and Mark seem to be, I'd be say 10 years apart tops. Right. 
Uh, so it's tra- it, it, it's funky. But I I think that's fine. The show is good enough that the the messiness in the background I can ignore. Well, I feel like we will get more answers as time goes on too, because we don't yeah. know how long they've been married or how long they've been together. All we sure. know is the fact that her dad dying is the reason that her and Mark met. And so- also, right? Yeah, and like also, uh, did you know like? Did you bring that person there to kill my dad? No, but you did bring that person to kill my dad. Like, and and her punch on him, right? Like, I like fuck you, man. Like mm-hmm. that was that was that her was a big coming moment. into the room and being like to Stephen, I need to talk to Mark. Right. And Stephen's like, I ain't. Uh, no, fuck no, 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 here's no, 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 Mark. No, 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 no. Here <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> he can have the and, body. <laughs> and like Mark getting furious that she's falling for Stephen's nebbishness. Like that, Stephen is the brain of what she wants while still being Mark's hot body. And we I, talked about this last week, where she was like, "Hello, buddy." Yeah, she yeah. is in love with Stephen because he's not a fucking tough guy asshole. Yeah, he's just he's nice a gentle and kind. Mark. So I should, worships her. The first time they meet, he was like, "I would never divorce you," which is a very weird thing to say to somebody <laughs> you just met. But he did say that. And then in classic Mark fashion, they're about to kiss. It's going to be very romantic, and he's like, "Up, up, 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 up," and then has to tell her something. Has to yes. tell her uh, how Mark really feels, so she knows. Uh, a great Mark Stephen moment, and why Oscar Isaac is ruling in this is uh, they're sort of arguing, and just like the punch to the face that seems like half of him does want to punch and half of him, he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He could give Devin Sawa a run for his money. I love every moment where Mark's like, "Don't fuck with my wife." Like I, lo- that is my wife. I know you have my <laughs> body, but that is my wife. Don't mess with that. My wife. <laughs> and then Stephen's like, "But she likes me." But <laughs> yeah, is it is it Mark like taking notes? Is it Mark like? I did see how you got her to talk to you like yeah. that, though. Like, yeah. Mark is Should writing be. some stuff down. I thought it was so funny when Layla was like, you smell like Mark. It's yeah. like, because <laughs> they're like the same, but they're not. Yeah. It'd be weird if they smelled different. Yeah. All right. Let's pivot. Mark gets double shot, falls into the water, and then suddenly we're in this old, like, Saturday afternoon style oh, show. Finally, the show gets good. And of there's your Dr. Stephen Grant. There's skeletons falling from the ceiling, and I loved it. <laughs> mm hmm. It was bad Indiana Jones, and then all the characters we've seen, the the the, the cops who hang out with Harrow are there as orderlies. Layla is an inmate. Mark has an action figure of Moon Knight, and then Harrow is the, the chief warden of the mental institution, Which- and then we meet the hippo goddess with the little voice. But before we meet her, we have Mark is the main person here, and Steven is just like a name that is in this TV yeah. show that he's watching until Mark escapes from all of the, like everything that he's on, like the medicine that they've given him. He runs down a hallway and opens up a sarcophagus and finds Steven. So we have two Oscar Isaacs. We have Steven and Mark, and then they pass a room with a third sarcophagus. And this is, and like, that's the, this is like the multiple time that like they have hinted that there is another yes. there's another identity inside of Stephen Mark. Are you like, episode, are you super excited for this? It, like this third identity, I, I, even crazier, hotter, probably bloodier Oscar I, Isaac. Yes, I am. Yes, yeah. Because Where if Mark wakes up and there's violence, he goes, "What the fuck did you do?" You know, a deeper, darker, creepier yes. version is in there. I feel like Mark has to be the middle ground, which is crazy because Mark is like crazy, like. He murders. He Violent just murders. and okay, intense, if, yeah. If Mark is the middle ground, then that makes me horny as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember Annihilation, Ryan, uh, and like creepy alien Oscar Isaac? Yeah. That's what I'm expecting from the third one. Oh, so just like a, uh, like a golem. 
like just I, like a, basically like not a human, just walking around go, and being like, "I will do what you say." Gollum, Oscar Isaac with intestines open and moving like worms. <laughs> Fuck yes, this is all my things. <laughs> How do we feel about uh, Fantasia Hippo Goddess? Uh, I love. <laughs> I love- where is the? What's the other animal? Is it a coyote or something? The gazelle or something? Who throws know. her up in the air in Fantasia? Oh, whoa. I don't know. I didn't. Oh, it, an alligator. An, or crocodile. Crocodile. So, and we've seen that before, right? In this show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get it? <laughs> Just a recreation of Fantasia putting Disney and Marvel finally totally together. <laughs> Groomers. I, I, like, I didn't know what to think about this entire last 10 minutes. And then I have two Oscar Isaacs running around. And then this hippo opens the door. The hippo opens the door, and we have both Mark and Steven reacting in the same exact way. And I screaming loved it. at the top oh. of their lungs. It was like if it freeze-framed in that moment with them screaming like, ah! I'd be like, yes. Because <laughs> Mark and, uh, what's the other one? Steven. Steven. Mark and Steven think they're different. But they're not. Right. No. They're the, when you when a uh, hippo woman opens the door, you scream. The <laughs> well, we way. had the moment where Steven's like to Mark, like I don't need you to come in my body because I I have muscle memory. I have your muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I, right. I can do anything that you but do. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, have when was the last time a Marvel episode ended in the Disney Plus era, and you were like, I do not know what happens next. Like, I really no, have it, no idea where this is going. I was stunned to get. I was enjoying uh, Brendan Fraser's Mummy yeah. via Marvel, and because that's my shit. Uh, but the, I did not inspect a healthy dose of Legion poured all over <laughs> yeah. it. And I, I, I truly, do, at this point, don't know what is real and what is not. And if we find out he's always been in this institution, I, 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 I don't know. I love thinking about uh, how Mike makes uh, Mummy pancakes with Legion syrup and then takes a bite and he's like, "What is real? <laughs> what the fuck is real? What is real?" <laughs> Just staring at the wall, and I've never been married. Uh, that is all the time we have, unfortunately. Let's do moments of the week. Caitlin, what do you got? Oh, my moment of the week. It's It has to be where uh, Mark punches Stephen. Because, <laughs> sure. you know, obviously because Stephen kissed his wife. With his own lips. With his Ryan? own lips. <laughs> I, I, my moment of the week is more of a question. Um, I want to talk to you guys about Layla. Layla is also in the asylum. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is probably not like uh, good for like it's probably not paid attention to like what it's like to be in an insane asylum. This is probably not like uh, the co-ed insane asylum. I also had questions about, but she's like, "Hey, you won bingo. We won bingo. We won bingo. I won, I bingo. won bingo. I think that I might give you half of it." And Layla is a little bit Brad Pitt from Twelve Monkeys, right? Like, uh-huh. uh huh. Oscar Isaac is just in a chair, almost comatose. Uh, right. Layla's like a little woo. Here we go. Uh, and I would like to know some more about Layla. That's my moment of the week is, why did? what are the bingo witties? What could they possibly be? Oh, I, do, I they do. They did say there was like Eagles. bingo winnings and she was going to split it. And I was like, what did they give away? But that was. What is it going to be? But that was Oscar Isaac's card. And she was like, I'll split it with you this time. <laughs> Layla. Well, one, he's comatose, take advantage of him. But also like, are they all Oscar Isaac? When she's like, I won, you won, we won. Are we all one? I, I got to say, guys, also, I really enjoyed this episode of Riverdale that we covered this week. <laughs> and I, I want to watch the next one. But my goodness, do I want to see this next Moon Knight. Uh, when, when, the, when Moon Knight ended, my wife's and my face were exactly like the two Oscar Isaacs. We both also went, ah! 
shot over the whole credits. Is that because a giant hippo walked into your apartment? <laughs> yes, and in the quietest voice you could have ever imagined, because you thought it would be booming, she said, Hello. <laughs> that is all the time we have for the pull list. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, go to a little island down under. Welcome to X-Tasmania, bitch. The show within a show covering the seminal and underrated Saturday morning soap opera of the early 90s X-Men, the animated series. On this week's episode, One Man's Worth Part 2, Bishop, Shard, Wolverine, and Storm travel to the new future after failing to save a young Professor X. Forge is mostly robot working for Master Mold and everything else still sucks. They go back, back in time and try to convince Fitzroy and Blumpkin to do the right thing. We begin right after the failed rescue. Yeah, so uh, this is basically, what if you didn't watch the last episode? Would you be fine? And I think you would be. Yes. What What are the differences between the two episodes? Because I feel like they are fine and few far between. There's like more, but so much of it is our crew watching the last crew do the thing. The last episode was, it started with them failing. Oh, good. And then 22 minutes, and then at the end of that, they fail. And then at, this episode starts with them failing. Yeah, yeah, right. And so then they go back in time. So if you didn't watch uh, One Man's Worth Part One, you are not only okay, you're better than if you had watched <laughs> Part One. How are we feeling about Punk Rock Storm and Old Man oh, Logan? Oh my god, I love Punk Rock. Storm. Is this OTL? OTP? Is this OTP? I, I OTP. love it. I love what it. What is OTP? Uh, one True Pair. Have you ever been on Tumblr? No, I've not. <laughs> Once they got rid of porn, I went, I'm still not going on. <laughs> you don't ship it then? Just watching. I, this is how Storm got her haircut because uh, Wolverine, her uh, OTP, her true love, would uh, put her put his hand through her hair and just slice <laughs> off most of it on all the sides. Until she now went, she, I guess I have a mohawk. Now she has a mohawk. And I guess my man wants a mohawk. I do love that every version of Bishop and every because vi- I don't think this is the Bishop we've met before, and every version of Wolverine fucking hate each other no matter what. Fuck you though, dude. Like honestly, like we're supposed to be what twelve, thirteen watching uh-huh. this, and this is not this. Like all, anytime <sighs> Bishop steps up, it's confusing, and this is a different Bishop than we've all. Like what the. Because this bishop has a sister named Shard, which we've never seen before, and they're just there. It is well, that was I a big gasp moment. Is hey, that girl that I've been flirting with the entire episode—that's actually my sister. <laughs> and I hope that one day she gets stuck in a God, washer. God willing, she never gets stuck in a coffee table. <laughs> uh, I do like punk rock. Storm is still dramatic. Still says let the power of the winds, which is not very punk rock. It shows you care. Uh New Robo Forge is there, and he's mostly a Power Rangers villain. Yeah, and he's like, "Who are you? I work for asshole now." And Storm <laughs> just walks up, and she's never been to one to mess with time travel, and she just starts pushing every button possible. Well, yeah, to try to figure if out. If you have a lot of buttons, out. also Forge. Can I just say? Because in this in this episode, we get a Forge who is mostly robotic. Mm-hmm. Is there a word for that? Like Cy- Cyclops, <laughs> Cyborg, Cyborg. Is it Cyborg Plus or something? Cyborg Plus, Robot Minus. <laughs> uh, hey, Forge, invent some oil or something. Because every time he moves, it is the loudest. Like <laughs> we can hear every single move that he makes. Sting sang about that, right? Yes. Uh 
how do you guys feel about the new Sentinels? So while Forge, they're trying to win Forge over with uh, bribery, with uh, intimidation, with just explaining. Uh, and then Force Sentinels show up and they are green and gray. Are they scarier? Are they dumber? The old Sentinels? They just look like Transformers. Straight up. And then they aren't really they aren't really anything, any match for just, what are the four of them? And even just, mm-hmm. I mean, Wolverine took one down by himself with his claws. Which he threatens to do to everybody. But when yes. he actually does it, it does work. Like, oh, you are strong. Oh, it's either you're strong or they're very weak. Very <laughs> weak. <laughs> that was when Judy uh, Dench came in and said <laughs> that about the Sentinels. Uh, and then, the, and maybe if you did watch Worthington, nope, What a Man's Worth Part 1. You've met Fitzroy and Blumkin before, but we get a cut to Master Mold telling Nimrod to help them kill all the uh, the X-Men survivors and then kill Fitzroy and Bantam after they destroy Forge's machine. But uh, he did not wait for them to leave the yeah. fucking room. No, no, no. They, they went into a different room, but Master Mold has this giant loud voice. <laughs> so he's like, Fitzroy. Bantam, his is his name. Bantam. Bantam. Leave what the room, please. And they're like, okay, cool. They're in the other room. They can hear very clearly, kill them as soon as you can. <laughs> and Bantam's like, well, I don't want to be killed. You don't kill Bantam. Not a good idea. Bantam fucking sucks. Like, Bantam, no. like, there's one point where Fitzroy, who I think is his only friend, is like, fuck you, Bantam. You're a piece of shit. You're like a booger with legs. <laughs> I've, I've, you're a slimer. With clothes. I've read a lot of the comics, Ryan, and I'm a uh, unabashed fan of X-Men 2099. Who the fuck uh, is Bantam? Oh, thank you. I was going to say, do you know Fitzroy and Bantam? Well, sure. No? Uh, from when I toured with My Chemical Romance, they were an opening <laughs> band. But other than that, no, I don't know who the fuck Bantam is. I do know Fitzroy. Fitzroy is like a, this weird acolyte who will go on whatever side he's needed to. But sure. Bantam is... In, in the cartoon, what... All he does is be like, Misa want to die? Like, yeah. I don't want to die. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Yeah. Did, does that, did you love him then, Caitlin? Because no, you okay. love Jar Jar Binks, right? I'm uh, classically uh, known for loving Jar Jar Binks, but Bantam does so little. He literally does nothing. Like, at least Fitzroy had, like, something to do. Bantam stands there, and he is just like a Pokemon. He just... The, the meanest <laughs> person to Bantam is Fitzroy, his only friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like watching well, I can like... relate to that as a bantam. <laughs> a bantam <Wow>. boy. <laughs> I'm the bantam. We're the bantam boys. <laughs> so they, they 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 do make it back to the past, past 1959. Oh, and before then, Mike, I'm sorry, but uh, when we go to watch Fitzroy Bantam, it says at, on the screen like it's a Law and Order episode, alternate dun, dun. future, alternative. Oh, not alternate, alternative, alternative future. So. <laughs> I don't it's know which one it is, but you know it's one, one of those. Of them. <laughs> to expect fucking children. <laughs> this is crazy at this point. Oh, wait. Hold on. I, I'm going to put down my spoon of honeycomb because the screen has just told me this is an alternative future. Halfway through this episode, do you think the fucking Lee Walds or anybody looked at each other and went, wait, this is for kids though, right? <laughs> We're back in 1959. We're across the world in Taiwan. There are gangs murdering each other. But here, where Professor X is going to school, uh, Logan scares him so bad he passes out. And Storm turns him <laughs> and just says, you did it again, Logan. Again. In the sassiest, I- most married way. I want to get a clip show of all the times Logan was like, my claws. And everybody just passes out. How many times <laughs> does that happen? Uh, 
Fitzroy is now in their time, and, and like people are reading each other's mind. Like somebody doesn't want this to succeed. Do you think this is actually the healthiest way? Is Logan says like, "I feel the way I feel, bub, but I'm not a traitor." I'm yeah. still, you've seen me do everything I can. Is that is that a good way to be? Or is he still mean for not wanting to do it because he wants to just stay with his wife? I I feel like this is the most human Wolverine we've ever seen. <laughs> Which is very I'm little. Less hungry, too. I had, I didn't see one ask for food in this one. Because <laughs> usually he's going to grocery stores and being like, give me an apple. Or I'll stab you. Salami. <laughs> There's always a meat brought up every episode, and this one, nothing. Uh, nothing. We're talking to the manager of the grocery store right now. What did the culprit say? <laughs> he just looked at me and he said, Salami. Salami. <laughs> oh, it's Wolverine. That, that, no, oh, that's we Wolverine. Know who that shit. is. Yeah. <laughs> it's James Howlett. Uh, future Fitzroy leaves a message for evil Fitzroy. This is when it gets back to the future, too, to the stupidest level. <laughs> Uh, and this is where we get the, I do think the quote of the entire five season series, and I want on a shirt is destroy Bantam, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, who said that, Mike? Mm, who could have said that? It was Bantam. It was Bantam, of course. It and was. I don't know why it wasn't a good idea, because he does fucking nothing. He's dead weight. Now, it's important to uh, always want to stay alive if you're a tiny little green uh, person who does literally nothing at any point. Again, as the bantam of the show, fucking destroy me. I don't give a shit. I don't want to be a chud anymore. Uh, they succeed. They kill Nimrod a thousand times. I love this show, and this was still too much, I think. Like, it was just so much, and I don't care anymore. But a very sad and tragic moment is uh, they save Professor X, and they're all... They realize that they're, they're Wolverine and Storm's... Band, uh, wristbands have like a couple days of charge left, and they're like, Well, if he's alive, we're not going to exist. We have a couple days together, but instead they hug and both press. Why not enjoy the Like, I don't even want two more days. Why not have two days? Like, go to Pachanga, gamble, <laughs> gamble some money, right? Gamble, see Johnny Depp's bit Hollywood Nightmare play up on the big Pachanga stage. Uh, and then a, the sad, dramatic montage version oh, yes. of the X Men theme goes over. Uh, future Storm and Wolverine and our Storm and Wolverine, and then we end on them rolling around on a picnic blanket, talking about how they had a good tumble. Did any of the three of us think about, for When the Bride Comes Out, doing a slow-motion version, a wedding version of the X-Men theme? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been better? Of the four of us who are on Superhero Show Show, one more needs to get married. All right. No matter what she says, that's what's getting played. <laughs> also, when we cut to that scene, Mike, that you just described, it said, meanwhile, elsewhere. Why <laughs> what, do we need both of those words? <laughs> just you, pick one. Flip a fucking coin. And Professor X, like a creep, rolls up and says, you will never know. All right. <laughs> so let's get here. Right. Before we get to my LVP of the night, uh, Wolverine and Storm. Right. They're in normal times now. And they're, they look uh-huh. at each other like, well, hello. Well, uh, something weird happened. I don't know what it is. And then... Charles Xavier, a mile away in his wheelchair, is like, they're like, what What would have happened? And he's like, you'll never know. What the fucking pervy <laughs> bullshit? Like, you do, you also don't, like, you don't know what just happened. You didn't watch One Band's Worth Part 1 and 2 like I did, you fucking bald, eyebrowed idiot. And then you're I... going to sit there in your chair and say, like, you'll never know. What do you know, dude? Why are you creeping up on these two <laughs> Because he remembers from 1959. I make the two of you the song swear as somebody who is bald and has thick eyebrows on our show. If I watch the two of you have a picnic, 
I will tell you what you will never know. I will let you know right then. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, you're already so creepy. And then you're like, <laughs> which line should I say today that will make me even more creepy than I've ever been before? That just got hard. <laughs> That's a good line. That, that would be it. You know what? Pretty good creep line. Let's get to the awards, starting with the most uh, 90s moment. Caitlin, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to have to go for Logan's look. Uh, he's got like some eyeliner going on and some stubble. Oh, yeah. He's got guy liner. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> this is a different This is a different Speaking of Johnny here. Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Got some, some deep eyeliner. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> Ryan? Uh, this might be more 80s than 90s, but uh, at one point, Wolverine jumps up and punches one of the robots, and his entire chest goes from totally fine to damaged. <laughs> and that reminded me of this action figure type where you could have where yes. you would hit the button and their whole chest would go from Flips. totally fine mm-hmm. to damaged. Wolverine, the there's a Wolverine action figure that had that, except it would be three claw lines as if he cut himself in the chest. <laughs> the action figure. Wait. What's what's up with my hand? Let me just test it real quick. Oh my <laughs> god, I'm damaged. Um, that it was just terrible animation. But that's my uh, pick. Mine and uh, we might have done this the last time we met Nimrod, but is they they destroy him and he just T one thousands back. We are just a couple years after Terminator Two Judgment Day. And Nimrod just l- fully lifts Robert Patrick's move. Uh, we're gonna give that one to the guy liner and stubble. Next up is uh, the biggest gas moment, Ryan. Um, uh, Forge and someone else. I can't remember. Maybe uh, Shard? Shard. Shart? Was it Shart? Shart. Shart. Forge and Shart are like, we're going to kill ourselves. We're going to sacrifice ourselves so you guys can move on. And in every other cartoon, that would be it. Like We would just see the heroes run away and save the day. But instead, uh-huh. we stay in the room where Nimrod comes up <laughs> and fucking kills them. <laughs> I, I guess because they already they already said we'll stay here, and then Nimrod comes up and says, "And I yep. will watch you die." <laughs> so thanks, cartoon, for making this watch that. again. Brutal. This is for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, what's yours? Uh, my my gasp is when uh. Professor X opens the door and he's expecting his his friend, his lady friend. He's at the door of his dorm and he's just greeting with greeting her and just talking to her. And then all of a sudden, Wolverine uses his nose and sniffs out Nimrod. And the it's no lady, it's Nimrod. (laughs) Is that Cindy? Cindy comes in like the secretary. She's like, "Hey guys, I'm here. Who wants who wants a cupcake?" And Wolverine's like. That's fucking Nimrod. I've smelled Cindy Swap before. That's, that's no Cindy. <laughs> why? I know this is for kids, but why would Wolverine say twat? <laughs> They're really trying to get the adults in again. <laughs> My biggest Wait, gasp hold on. Is... I just became an adult. I heard about this child show that is using the word twat. I think I will do it in... Ugh. All right, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> My biggest gasp moment is uh, the, the normal Logan and Storm we've gotten to know. Uh, are at the picnic. One that's weird itself, but that Wolverine says, "Thanks for the tumble storm. We ought to tumble more often." Yeah. Don't say tumble twice in a row, man. And are we to believe they were just wrestling, or they're just like, "Hey, you're hot. I'm hot. Let's fuck." That's what I think. I, just I happened. thought it was a clearly like we were fucking, but this is a children's show, and we're gonna say tumble twice so you guys know. Yeah. That we, we should be- fuck more often. Yeah. Like this was. Cool. But we're just friends. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not have sex? Why not have sex? Ryan? Yeah. 
Uh, biggest power moment. Best power moment? Best use of power. Wait, who won? Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest power is uh, Bishop's gun. Who it, it can do whatever it wants. At one point, a uh, robot is about to shoot lasers, and then it comes to Bishop, who shoots up at the hand for 25 seconds. <laughs> it's like, a long he just pulls shit. the trigger. And, but the real point is when there's a robot coming towards him, yes. and he shoots him right in the fucking balls. Yes! And I don't know if robots have balls, but Bishop is like, they might have balls, <laughs> and then he blows those balls away. Robots got balls. We have a clear dick shot. Like, it's like, no, I'm not playing. It's from it's like behind the robot, and Bishop's like, I'm, I'm aiming right for this shit. He, sh- he splits him in half. He shoots him from taint to forehead, and the thing just <laughs> falls in half. That is also my best use of powers. Caitlin, but, let's Mike, see if you can you beat could this one. You start at the top of the head and go down. Nope. He's like, he no. goes, balls, 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 we're balls, balls. Stomach, stomach, stomach. Taint up. Taint up. Uh, I was going to do that one, but I'm going to actually do a Wolverine's uh, ability to sniff is a great power. Yeah. Sniff out enemies. All right. We're going with the Sentinel, so Ryan gets that one. Uh, what is your LVP, Caitlin? My LVP is going to be Bantam, uh, for the reason that he does He's literally so tiny, though. nothing. He's tiny, tiny. Why is he there? Green little pea. No, but like honestly, like shouldn't he be the person who takes them through time or something? Yes, should have he be anything like, to do other than be a weirdly offensive accent, even though I don't know what person or people it's being offensive to. <laughs> There's a, who's the guy on the X Men who like uh. He does like he uh, like puts in, uh, sits in that yoga stance and he takes people through time and he oh he's part of the newer crew like in the last ten years right and he throws that like thing is uh, from Africa it's like he doesn't have a lot of uh, he's on the powers. Secret Warriors right but like he does that Fuck, thing. what is his name yes Bantam does Doesn't nothing he's he's like the modern version of the furry guy. Anytime a mob of humans are attacking oh, yeah. mutants, Ow, <laughs> it's why? just a guy who's furry. I'm just furry. <laughs> I'm just a hairy man. I don't know what love is. Ryan, <laughs> who's your LVP? Uh, at one point, they're like, um, hey, Professor X, uh, things are happening, and he just passes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? You're going to lead your own college of uh, mutant warriors, and somebody's like, hey, Somebody uh, just got cut, and he just falls to the ground, passed out. <laughs> he, he heard about blood. Fucking Crumples. fuck Professor X. He's No, he's the LVP. No, I think even worse than Professor X is Blumpkin, a.k.a. Bantam. He, he's, he's the fucking worst character we've met on this entire show. Do you remember what All a right. Blumpkin is, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I think he said when you're getting blown while you're getting pooped. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that should be his name. Bantam is too cool. All right, MVP, Ryan. Uh, I have to go with Nimrod, who just, like, at one point there's, like, a uh, glowing thing around him. Like, he's protected. And then uh, yeah. he just cuts through it. Like, he, like, produces a sword and cuts through it. I just thought he was badass the entire time. And I like his whole thing of, like, hey, man, I just got to do what I got to do. Like, he's like the uh, Xenomorph from Alien. Like, I'm, uh-huh. I'm just, uh, I got to kill you guys. Sorry, not personal. <laughs> I like Nimrod. But despite his name being Nimrod. (laughs) Caitlin, what is your MVP? My MVP is Wolverine. Um, Strictly for the guy landing in the stubble. He... (laughs) uh, Because he's rocking it. He's hot. Yeah, he's rocking it. uh, Mine is Bishop. I think this is the most strategic Bishop we've seen. 
uh, he's right when he gets in Wolverine's face. Fuck my sister. I gotta go. You'll be back in another timeline. (laughs) Yeah, no, because he's traveled so much. He 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 has a fractured mind. He knows how this shit works at this point. Uh, I don't want to give myself too many points to this, so I'll give it to Ryan and Nimrod. Uh, and I think that does mean Caitlin has a point. Ryan has two points. Ryan wins. I definitely counted it the whole time. That is X Tasmania. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is to continue Ryan's conversation with Jordan and Margo from the whole movie podcast. All right, guys, we are almost out of time. We're going to go to a segment called Mount Rushmore. Now, typically the way that this works is as the host, I am going to pit you two together and you are going to pitch to me who the four most iconic of something is. And mm-hmm. in this case, we're doing TV robots. But this is not a normal show. So we are going to change the rules a little bit. Uh, nobody cares about who I think the most iconic <laughs> TV robots are. We have you two in the building. Mm. And so you two are going to be in charge of who makes the rush more. I, I am flipping uh, my role from... I'm also going to throw out some suggestions. So we're going to take turns. Great. But Great. Good. I'm glad. I want to hear the suggestions. You two are in charge of who actually makes it on the mountain because you guys threw me a couple of suggestions on the Twitter. And this is, it, this is totally up to you. Like, this is your guys' <laughs> stuff. We're not, we're not doing iconic uh, for the world right now. We're mm. doing very specifically who is iconic to Jordan mm. and Margot, period. Mm. And okay, if, you, if you agree with them... Then listen to the podcast. And if you don't <laughs> listen to the podcast, either yeah. way, you're going to either have a good time with them or scream at your stereo because of their thoughts and opinions. Yeah. And yeah. people love that on the internet. That's the valuable. Time, for sure. <laughs> so we only have four spots. You two have to agree if somebody goes okay. on. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Margo, you're going first. Who yes. should get this first? He- you guys know Mount Rushmore just for our listeners. Um, <laughs> they took, they somehow they found a mountain in the middle of nowhere that had four. <laughs> heads of future presidents that on there. predicted presidencies. Yeah. They were like, well, now we have to elect four guys who look like this. Uh, they look like giant mountain and heads. And it worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to well, get... Four for four, man. Yeah, four for four. That and uh, a thousand. Until Trump gets his head on there and we're five for five. Um, <clears throat> then we'll blow it up. We, uh, we're going to take some chisels and some jackhammers and we're going to go turn <laughs> those heads into TV robot heads. Uh, Margo, who do you think has to be on this mountain? This one, I think there will be no uh, no disagreement. I can confidently say we all agree that Plankton's wife, Karen, needs to be on the mountain. <laughs> is, is this a Star Wars? No, no. Plankton's this is from SpongeBob. Plankton! Plankton's <laughs> wife, the computer Karen from SpongeBob. Wow. Thoughts? I, I mean, please explain. Because I, I know who you're talking about, but I want I just want to hear... I want to hear you say the words. She is a giant. Okay. So plankton villain of SpongeBob is a tiny <laughs> little critter. He is very depressed and angry. And he comes home every day to his metal house and his giant computer wife, who is just a literal giant desktop computer. This is the, I'm just um, looking her up. This is not a fembot folks. Yeah. This is a, no. this is, this is like the thing that uh, substitute teachers would wheel out when I was yeah, in elementary like school. Sm- <laughs> yeah, she's like a, an enormous box with like a rounded <laughs> screen. And her she has like a cursor that that bleeps. It's like a 90s computer type type yeah. aesthetic. But she has this like 
all playing. Like I can't even do the voice, but she she loves. I think you should try to do the voice. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember how she talks, but she's she's very um she's very giving and doting and a comic relief character. Jordan, I'm going to leave this up to you. We can put her on the mountain or you can say, let's put her on the maybe pile. Let's see what else is out there. Well, yeah, I feel like I feel like I can't know until we're, we've all, we've said them all. Okay. I feel like I couldn't because like I'm ready to I want you. To, I'm ready to say yes. As, <laughs> like I'm like the audacity of that choice, like the giant deep box computer on the Mount Rushmore. I went with I, some deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and see, as as somebody who as if anybody out there listens to the podcast screen drafts if there's even one overlap here i am famously the wild card guest of a wild card guest of screen drafts and I, I had to oh i no. fucking love a a swing for the parking lot choice because be a few. <laughs> that is we i feel like quintessential to my idea what a mount rushmore is is it's it's representing the variation. It's repre- mm. representing a spectrum. And Plankton's wife is going to fill a category here that like that's a category of its own. And it's it's important to consider the breadth of robot experience. So I would like to I would like to keep thinking on it as we go forward. So I guess maybe Bile with the hope that I ca- I can't imagine what could displace this as a pick for me. I can't wait to listen to your guys' show. All right, Jordan, you are up. <laughs> Who are you? Who do you want to nominate? Um, I'm going to go with Six from Battlestar Galactica. Um, Hell yeah. Not just because of the huge crush I had on Trisha Hell for the entirety of watching that show, but we see so... That performance is so phenomenal. And we see so many variations on the character of Six in the various iterations that she takes seducing caring for um breaking down in front of we get kind of trisha helfer was able to sort of feast on this role and give every possible kind of robot performance while she was playing this character being one of the great i feel like femme fatales in tv sci-fi history while also you know being like being like a bene Gesserit spinning like ten thousand <laughs> years of history through a piece of floss like through like the minds of men while also there's um I forget which season it kicks in where she shows up as like brunette Trisha Helfer and she's being she's being held captive in the Battlestar in the Galactica and being interrogated. And I think her character is like a sexual assault survivor, like the the everything that you watch in that performance and the ways in which you are asked to you hate six, but you're really compelled by her. And when then she becomes really sympathetic, you are turned in, you are, you're sort of put in her hands, even though you developed all these biases against her because she's manipulating everybody around her all the time. And that's how you know her. It's just such an incredibly rich performance. Um, it's such an incredible show. Uh, six, six to me is an essential pick for this. This is uh, Lucifer's mother for listeners of our show, right? She, is- she might as well be at times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say the most iconic red dress in Schindler's List Ugh. on Trisha Helford. Has never left my mind. <laughs> Has never left my mind. Okay. Uh, excellent pick. I am going to go with somebody who's been in the news a lot recently. And that is one Bender J. Rodriguez. Yeah, I was hoping. <laughs> who Hulu made the decision to not go back to the table with his voice actor. Yeah. And that's kind of wild shock. Go on with the uh, show anyway. And I think that is a really, really bad idea. Uh, Futurama fans are not 
are the type of people, the type of internet people who are not cool about things like this. And <laughs> I would be very nervous if I was Hulu. I would just go back and maybe give all the actors a little bit more money. But Bender yeah. is uh, one of the funniest characters in television history. I agree. And I think that that touches on um, uh, like a subcategory of robots that are very common in TV, which is the comic relief robot character, which I think is a whole podcast episode in and of itself. But mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for like the C-3PO type, the Bender type character who's sort of like... Um, it's funny because C-3PO and Bender are almost uh, polar opposites in terms yeah. of their uh, extru- like their relationship to um, sexuality. And <laughs> like, uh, I think it's a great comparison because they, Bender seems to be like a response to C-3PO being like the, the textbook, like robot that is also kind of like a sissy Butler character, <laughs> like an asexual in like a, the, the way that, gay like sissy characters from the 50s movies were asexual type of character and then Bender is like well what if a robot was very sexual (laughs) (laughs) the other thing I love about Bender too and I think there's a lot of robot characters like this or a lot of immortal characters like maybe vampire characters like this where I can't get drunk I can't die from smoking Mm, so all I'm going to do is imbibe as much (laughs) as possible One is like a brag because he's like the ultimate party animal, but two, but like, I just want to feel something real. And this doesn't even work, you know? And as somebody who I, as somebody who I, I've caught like a loose episode of Futurama here and there, even, even not being a Futurama follower, but being aware of the Futurama following and the, the love of Bender and the like cultural reach of that character even not watching the show, I feel like I'd have to be like, I'm sure he belongs yeah. on, on the Rushmore. Cause yeah, like it, when, once it starts to reach a level where it becomes like a cultural shorthand for the thing it is like it, 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 it and like, I even care about the fact that Hulu wouldn't pay the voice of Bender. I'm like, wow, you guys <laughs> fucked up. And I don't know why that's true, but like people who know why it's true are so passionate about it that I'm like, wow. Way to way to fuck this up for everybody, Hulu. So like that, I think says a lot. Yeah, for reals. Right, Margo, I also like that when you were making your explanation, Margot, you made the comparison to C three PO, and then said, "I think it's a great comparison." Because I know I noticed myself <laughs> doing that and was really embarrassed. So thanks no, for calling it out. <laughs> I loved it so much because it's exactly what I would do. Margo is Margo is not like, just the I'm going to make a comparison, and I want you to guys to know that this is really spot on because of what I'm about to tell you. Margo right? not only writes the essay, but she also takes the red pen and circles her favorite parts of the essay she's writing. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. And then I come back lives. in and say, "It's lame that you did that." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Do you? Should I go with another wild card, or should I do a standard pick for this one? Go crazy. Up to you. Okay, the next pick is going to be Jenny Wakeman, the lead character in My Life as a Teenage Robot, which was one of my favorite animated shows as a tween. I'm impressed by the amount of robot animation we've already racked up in this. There's so much. Um, it's easier, I guess. <laughs> oh, this is like Astro Boy style? Yeah, kinda? she's she's like... Um, it's truly like, what if a teen girl went through all the emotions of being a hormonal teen girl? And also she was like a, like a alien fighting superhero who was not, um, biological. 
Right. But still had crushes on boys <clears throat> and got like worried about pimples, but they're like <laughs> laser pimples. <laughs> Don't pop okay. or wear goggles if you're going to pop that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, Jordan, what do you got? Um, I am going to. It's not even necessarily it's it's not a show that I follow. It's a show that left me behind uh, a while ago where it was just like, I simply can't be bothered anymore. But but I still think the character of Dolores from Westworld yeah. is just like I what I like the reason I will pick back up at the last season of Westworld uh, at some point is to continue watching Evan Rachel Woods. Uh, portrayal of this character and the the arc that we get of her from like sweet like on her you know pleasure bot loop at the very start of the series to like embodied awoken sentient fucking robot warrior is it's incredible like I, I feel like if robots were out there watching fiction and they were like I just wish I could see a character that represented possibility for me. I feel like Dolores would be a prime character in that, like, oh, wow, I I have something to aspire to. Like, this this can be me. And Evan Rachel Wood has spoken so, obviously, she's gone through a lot and increasingly uh, publicly talked about being a sexual assault survivor and talking about uh, what happened with her relationship with Marilyn Manson and advocacy for um, better laws and protections uh, for for survivors. She has spoken so passionately over the course of doing, I, I got to go to a couple Comic-Con presentations for the show and, and reading her interviews and going to those every year, you could almost like feel the rest of the panel deferring to Evan Rachel Wood when it was time for her to talk because there was just this sense that like, oh yeah, Evan's the one who's like, do you guys consider this like on set? She would be the one just going down the fucking rabbit hole of the philosophical considerations of the story and her character. And it sounds like from hearing her talk about it, her process of coming into being as Dolores and understanding that arc, that that arc of waking up and realizing your power and realizing you're not weak. Um, it was very linked to a healing in her own life for how she was able to find her own power and consider continue in her process of recovery from these terrible things that had happened to her. And I think that speaks to the power of like robot cinema and robot storytelling. And I think she just as an embodiment of, of what the magic of that storytelling is. And then just the character itself is is remarkable. Like it's, it's kind of singular. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's going to be hard to keep off. My next one is uh, Steve Urkel made Urkel bot. So thank you. Jordan, (laughs) for uh, That was me. Those of us who grew up on TGIF, I will never discount the importance of Urkel bot. Okay. (laughs) Urkel works for a lot of these. If we have, uh, created a like much more handsome sexual like twin Urkel fits as well uh, <laughs> sh- uh, people who on sitcoms for no reason shrink and found themselves in a bowl of Cheerios Urkel works as well but I think I would rather just listen to more of talk about Evan Rachel Wood so. <laughs> I know listening to that I was like Jordan is so well spoken I should really do a podcast with her about <laughs> <laughs> well, to ra- gonna, I'll rope you in for as many seasons as I can get so <laughs> fantastic you go to write it down on your to-do list Mario and it's just already yeah. there <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> the best kind of thing to put on your to-do list the thing mm-hmm. you can already check off I do that I but always- Urkelbot's good Urkelbot, good, tra- good effort <laughs> thank you Mario thank you for that undying support there. <laughs> All right, let's do one more 
round each. Okay. So, uh, Margo, um, beat Urkelbot. Yeah. yeah okay. Good luck. Okay. So I'm going to go with Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. He is like one of the first TV robots to be played by like a human actor um, with very little prosthetics. He just has a yellow face. <laughs> He's John. Um, which I yeah. feel. For him to He's have jaundice for that guy. long. Um, and I think he's like one of the first times that uh, sci-fi TV has asked audiences to think about like what it would be like to not be categorized as a human and not behave in the way that a normative human does, but still be very confused by the ways in which you resemble a human and wonder if there's like more for you out there beyond your status as like I mean, in a sense, he is kind of slave labor on the ship. He's he's a, a programmed computer, uh, and he um, but he falls in love and like engages in in real human experiences that allow the audience to see that as a possibility. I yeah, I feel like Data's Data's Hall of Fame. Like yeah, that seems like a slam dunk. I can't believe it. It's, this isn't a draft, but still, can't believe. You know, it took this long to bring. Well, I had to get through Plankton's wife, Karen. Obviously, (laughs) obviously that's the first thing we talk about. I had to get through Plankton's wife, Karen. (laughs) Oh, we all did. A perfect sentence. She has that big box. All right, Jordan, you are up next. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, this and this is my. She's a dark horse, but she's my personal favorite uh, robot from TV. Uh, Terminator Cameron from Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles which uh, a canceled too soon uh, Sarah Connor centric telling of the, the Terminator story and Cameron plays your kind of like your, your, your Arnold bot. She's the protector Terminator. She has been reclaimed by the resistance in the future and sent back in time to protect Thomas Decker's John Connor. And what I love so much about this performance is that one of my favorite categories of performance ever in, in just like in acting is people playing robots, playing people where it's, it's, you have the actor playing the robot who is then in turn playing a person. So they don't know, they know they're a robot. So they know that they have kind of like, it becomes this awkward approximation of being a person, which is a fascinating kind of acting exercise. Like, okay, you're going to be a person, but guess what it would be like to be a robot <laughs> who's imitating a person. Uh, we have no reference for what that would be. So make it up, but be convincing. And I find just that to be a very charming category of, of acting generally. But what I love so much about this is um, you can never, there's, it's the character in constant suspicion. Can you trust Cameron? Will Cameron, Cameron revert back to her original programming of the primary directive of terminate John Connor. And John also like develops feelings for Cameron because Cameron's a hot fucking hot robot. John develops these special feelings for Cameron that in some moments Cameron plays into, it seems like to intensify her bond to John. And is that done to separate him from Sarah Connor and isolate him and make him less safe? Or is it a measure to further protect him by getting closer to him and making sure that she's like constantly connected with him. And there's this incredible sequence um, in, I think the first season where Cameron turns and she reverts to her, her Terminator programming. And there's this scene where she's like, they've got her pinned. She's like between a, a wall and a big truck. And she is 
exposed, like that incredible half, you know, endoskeleton face, red eye, and she's pleading for her life to John. And they've done such a good job in the season to that point, establishing the like, does Cameron have a soul? Can't, does John love her? Can John love her? Should John love her? Does Cameron love John? That like that moment is sincerely wrenching because you see her full exposed parts in her pleading for her life. And you are just going through so many feelings being like, well, she just tried to kill him, but like, look at her, she's begging. And like, yeah, I can see her red eye and everything. And she's clearly a machine, but like, she's definitely human. Like she definitely has a soul. The character puts you through so much in that consideration of do robots have a soul? Can you love a robot? If you are a human, can a robot love a human? It just, it does so much for me. And it gives you like the cool kick-ass, like war, like robots killing people thing, which I truly love as well. <laughs> like this is a warrior robot and I'm a big fan of that. So which you don't get from data. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that from, you don't get that from data. He's very much like the, the opposite of data in that way. And female robots killing people is something I'm passionate about as a cinematic uh, staple. So as a, as a narr- fiction staple. So yes, that's my, that's my dark horse. I don't think it's that much of a dark horse. Um, I know this is like a classic cancel too soon show. It's on every list, right? But it's so good. The fans of it are fervent. It just, and Jordan, I, I swear to God, I paid attention to every word you said, but. I, half- I talk for monologues. So don't worry if you didn't. Halfway through, I realized why, how that character got her name and I felt really stupid. And then I, that's what I thought about for like five minutes. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Cameron, good job. Um, yeah. <laughs> good job. Good, good job, everybody. Wait, Dad, I don't get it. Explain. James Cameron. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, fine. But yeah, see, that's I, I, I thought that just five minutes ago. I went through that <laughs> exact same thing. Um, okay, so I have one more. Uh, I see a sort of theme in my picks, and it is making me sad. Um, there's this, like, this, I don't know, this type of dude bot that apparently is very important to me. Um, okay. Not just Urkel creating a friend. I have no friends. I'm going to make a robot, but I'm going to take it one step further. This guy was so lonely in outer space yeah, I, yeah. that he had to create robots that are slight variants on his own sense of humor just yeah. so he could continue to have his own sense of humor thrown back at him. This is podcasting. <laughs> this is me and my friends. This is making me sick. But I, this I, is I, making me sick. And I think this is a cheat, obviously, but I, it's hard to pick. So I'm going to say all three MST3K robots as one yeah. head would be my final. I, I think they, they get to exist as a, as, a, as a unit, as a single unit. I, I'll tell you, I wrote down all three of your selections ryan as potential extras to throw in. um no not urkel bot <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's be nice with that one <laughs> but no you're right they're also the comic relief characters it's there i love how you describe that speak speak more on the creating a robot to keep you company <laughs> i mean that's like we've talked about it a lot tonight but like i my uh crow and <laughs> Servo, Tom Servo, Servo. Uh, Tom Servo. Uh, their names are Mike and Greg, and I do podcasts <laughs> with them every day and or every week. And I feel like if you know God came down and said those people don't exist, you created those. Those are robots you created out of your head. I would be like, yeah, bro, that makes sense. Uh, and <laughs> that's what this guy has in space. That it, makes you JF Sebastian. He yeah, he didn't create uh, a family. He created two friends with his exact same sense of humor to sit and watch movies with. And I think that 
that is the, the most guy on film Twitter choice imaginable. <laughs> I had no choice. I had to. All right. I'm going to share this list with you guys um, because <laughs> we have nine and it has to be four by virtue or by rule of the segment. Of course. So, let's see. I oh. would say I, I can I can say that that for me, hard three with a floating fourth hard three are Dolores data um, bender. That's my that's my okay. hard three. OK, I can I can get behind that. Okay, so let me read the other one. But like, obviously, I don't think that means like, well, that's the three guys. So have fun picking number four. But like, that's my I know that's like set for me would be my go to bats. Mario, what do you think? I'm um, I I would like to see the list. I I just found out that I can't share my screen. So (laughs) um, I'm going to read them off real quick. And then while you guys are talking, I will type them into the chat. Um, So Dolores Bender and Data is who has been set. And then we have six from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, Plankton's wife, Karen. Jenny Wakeman from My Life as a Teenage Robot. The Urkelbot. Uh, Terminator mm-hmm. Cameron and the MST3K boys. Okay. May I rationalize my top three? No, I'm already there. I mean, you can. I'm, I and I'm, I'm not, you, I won't go, I won't go long, but I okay. only, I, w- I won't go long, I promise. And she but, has to, um, Margo, because we're on a podcast and we need to talk, like, I have to type this stuff. She has, she has to talk. Okay, we have to discuss. <laughs> don't, don't encourage me. Um, I think Dolores accomplishes for me what both Six and Cameron do. Yes. With more build out. Yes. Um, I would be happy to see Six and Cameron in that fourth spot. Obviously, I love them, but I think of the, that category. I think they are a sort of family of choices. And I think Dolores is the strongest of them. Yes. Um, she I has like, the more explicit arc and they're all doing that fembot thing. Of yeah. Somewhat deceptive, somewhat and, uh, and, lovable. Yeah. And, and, and she gets, she gets to do the things that, that six and, and Cameron do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just, it's a, it's an incredible arc with the character. Um, data legendary. Like I, it just like, fucking star trek like he's you know and and the way that that put the way that that put robots into i don't know how many homes like how many people built relationships with data i mean that's that's a huge deal and then uh bender it just feels like that's i mean futurama's like again like of the trickle down uh uh, the trickle down effect of the cultural impact of the robot um and what you guys were saying about him is like I, i really like that um talking about like you know like vampires and people who just cannot people who are sort of inoculated against all forms of sort of sin and indulgence just being like fuck it i'm turning it the other direction and going all in on 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 vice in that way i think is a right. fun switch right and then obviously the fourth pick is plankton's wife karen as we what? established from the get-go I'm, I'm compelled to honestly go with it because again the uh, the audacity of choice like i for if you were like that's my <laughs> go for it hard for four i'd be like you're right i mean also i'm not gonna argue out of plankton's wife karen my the two probably finalists for me are plankton's wife karen or the accumulated uh mst bots we we don't want to go chalk right so just in case anybody thought that we were just going to go with the four basics that's how that's how karen comes in and saves us um i do want to remind you guys i forgot to mention this rule um, Urkelbot can only take up one spot and not all oh, okay. four. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so yeah, well, that was why I knew it was either. That was why that. I knew I couldn't put him on there because it would either be all the spots or none. All or none. That's how Urkelbot rolls. Sometimes something has to be <laughs> number one on a list, or it's not on the list at all. I honestly, I was like when I wrote down the MST3K 
bots. I wrote it down as like sort of a joke pick because to me, and to me, they're like, so um, they, they are not characterized in the way that most robots in fiction are. And that made them like less valid. But the more I think about them in the way that you described how you feel about them, Ryan, I'm like, kind of feel like they need to be in the mountain. And they are like, they're a whole different genre than the other uh, stuff we've discussed, the other like content we've discussed. This is another way that people are exposed to robot characters that are very lovable. Um, If maybe those people don't consume like hard drama (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi. Do we, my, my, I'm, I'm going to, I feel like I'm, I'm, I would like to just defer the fourth pick to you, Margo, and just say, do like in in the interest of robot breadth of representation Mm -hmm. do you feel like we have the breadth of representation between that possible four that we would like to see yeah and also i just think it's funny to have three little guys in one face (laughs) on the mountain so i think like for comic relief it it feels right they like to be funny and they should be fun okay i mean if if you like count the amount of one-liners in television history (laughs) <laughs> they probably like those fuckers made countless two hour episodes of Rando. <laughs> okay. I so- wasn't going to not say it. I wasn't going <laughs> to not say it. Every time I think about Mr. Science Theater, I think of the can. amazing Rando and it's just one of, it's just one of the best. Yeah. Listeners. Um, Jordan's like face is red. She's been gritting her teeth. Her eyes are bulging. She just like, I can't believe she waited that long to say it. Uh, Mario <laughs> is your, are you hitting your gavel here? Are these are four. Yeah, I am. Thank you. Your Mount Rushmore of TV <laughs> robots is Dolores Abernathy from Westworld, Bender J. Rodriguez from Futurama, Data from Star Trek The Next Generation, and the MST3K bots from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Guys, I think we did an incredible thing here today. I truly cannot believe I conceded to so many male-aligned robots in that. <laughs> I know. I can't believe I forgot that Bender was there. <laughs> um, Caitlin, what do you think about Ryan's interview? Wow, uh, incredible. I love Margot and uh, their podcast. Yeah, and Jordan was great too. And yeah. then there was a third person on that interview. Oh, yeah. Any I notes do... for that third person? Uh, be stronger, I guess. <laughs> Just be stronger. Stand down. Stop being more. such a Ross Geller. <laughs> what a weak man that guy is. <laughs> no, good job, Ryan, getting them. That, that was enjoyable to listen to. I thought you did a fine job, my pal. Is that what you wanted? Is that what you're waiting no, for? No, that's time? so much worse than an insult. <laughs> that was terrible. My pal? Did I t- say my it's too my much? My pal, yeah. My pal. Let's talk about some commercials. Caitlin, do you have some websites to tell people about? Sure, yeah. You can go over to uh, yourpopfilter.com. That's uh, that's a great place for you to head over to. And you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. That's where you should do all of your shopping. Uh, if you give some money to Bezos and we get a little bit of that money, which is great. And then one more website, Ryan. They want to support us a little more directly. Oh, oh, what did uh, Caitlin say? I, I, I think I could also say that you should go to patreon.com slash your pop filter. Yes. There you can find some it. really cool cast pins. And there's an extra special one this week that is a ripen. It's a ripen. It's, <laughs> a ripen. Uh, it's been ripening. It stinks. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, tell people about some shows they should check out. Oh, my God. This is the Superhero Show Show. And thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, 
Uh, Mike and I are wrapping up the 1991 season of Movie of the Year, where we try to figure out what is the single greatest movie of 1991. Caitlin. Yeah? Is it... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze? It's got to be the ooze. There's just so much turtle power. Do you actually think that that might be the best movie of any year? I think it was an incredible movie that I will go back to every single day to make myself happy. And everyone should do that. Mike, is that a good movie? I fucking love it. Yeah. Is it a good movie? I wish I could be cooler. I enjoy it so much, Ryan. Is it a good movie? No. When you rank it against films? No. The other show where uh, Super Shredder, Tokar, and Razor all come together and talk about what it's like to live your life. Roll the dice through the 20s on Natural 20s. Follow that show. Uh, subscribe to that. Follow it on Instagram and Twitter. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking Kate, of Which one are you? Media. Are you Super Shredder, Tokar, or Razor? I'm probably Tokar. I can't tell you if it, that's the wolf that or the, the turtle. Or that? <laughs> Remember when one of them was a turtle, even though they're all turtles? One's a snapping turtle, so it was very different, obviously. Very different, evil no. turtle. And I think one was a snapping wolf. Yes. <laughs> oh, Mike, uh, what was that animal's name? One was a snap. What? Turtle what and a... Uh, Half shell? Turtle and... It was a snapping turtle and a... Wolf. Oh, he, he says he hit the it. L's. He hit he it, yeah. the L's. Yeah. We couldn't hit the L when we say that word, Wolf. the W word. You all just talk about wolves? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, a pack of wolves are about to eat us. It's not fucking funny, dude. It's <laughs> a serious pussies. Nobody's worried about the wolves. <laughs> oh, no, a werewolf. <laughs> you can't not hit it. That's cr- We can't hit the I know, I was trying not to, and there's still yeah. an L in there. I, I can't wolf hit it alpha. at all. It's a wolf. Always a wolf. It's a werewolf. Yeah, werewolf. Wolf, it's a werewolf. Wolf. A werewolf. Werewolf came to my house. Uh, Werewolf got nards. Caitlin, yeah. social media, talk about it. You should go over to at your pop filter on Twitter and Instagram because fuck Facebook. Uh, and yeah. check out all the amazing content that's over on there. Instagram, you get pictures. Twitter, guess what? Pictures too. And both yeah, of them have true. words as well. They're fun but words. They're different kinds of pictures. That's right, they are. <laughs> different cropping. <laughs> Squares versus rectangles, you know. You know. One's one, one's not the other. Next week, we are not reviewing Superman and Lois because Bizarro isn't on it. Enough said.